woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bugs. World My name is Megan McKay. I'm playing Tin, who is a female forged fighter and a gunslinger. I I live in Texas, and you can find my work at doodleforfood.com and onedrewdino.com. Hi, I'm Olivia Welch, and I'll be playing the character Ertleby, who is a grandma and also a gunslinger. She's a druid, but she doesn't know it. She just thinks she's really good at gardening. You can find my work at imagingquest.net. Hello, my name is Enzo. I do the comic Cheer Up Emo Kid and Dungeon Construction. You can find them at cheerupemokid.com and dungeon.construction. I'm from Canada, and I play a character named Roberto, who is a six-foot-tall man of metal who is also a ranger. Hi, my name is Jane. I draw the webcomic The Pigeon Gazette, which you can find at thepigeongazette.tumblr.com. I play Vasa, who is a human female rogue. Hi, my name is Wesley Hall, and I play the dwarven wizard Rumblestone Hammerstorm. I make the comic Nameless PCs, found at namelesspcs.com. My name is Pedro, and I'm the dungeon master and creator of the podcast. In our first episode, five strangers from different worlds were summoned to a tavern deep within the dreaming world. There, they were asked to help save both the dreaming and the waking world from being devoured by living nightmares. If you haven't listened to the first episode yet, here's a musical recap courtesy of Olivia and her ukulele. We started in a tavern We each made some new friends But instead of waking up We're in a dream that might not end We met the king of dreams He said the dreaming tree was screwed Unless we find the shards The waking Before we start, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for helping us have such a great launch. We've been waiting to share World Walkers for months and we hope it's been worth the wait. We've got a lot more to share with you, so keep tabs on us over at facebook.com slash worldwalkerspod, or you can check us out on Twitter at worldwalkerspod. Alright, let's get this thing going. <laughs> so with that, is everybody heading towards the door then? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you. All right. <clears throat> so you push open the door and you all walk out and soft, bright light hits your eyes. And as you leave the subtle yet welcoming atmosphere of the tavern, you open your eyes to see a splendid city of marvels before you. Cobblestone streets made of everything from gravel to precious metals make up the pathways of the city. The buildings come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, everything from archaic steeples with piles of oranges in the windows to magnificent mansions full of many rooms and chambers. There doesn't seem to be any sort of rhyme or reason to the placement of the buildings. Just as perplexing as the buildings are the people. There are noble knights in suits of armor composed of pajamas and kids wearing the robes of archmages and dukes. Everyone seems content. You can't find an unhappy face in the crowd. As soon as you start to become somewhat comfortable with your surroundings, you notice there are a number of staircases in the city in the middle of the street. They lead up to the city that's directly above you. 
the people and places in the sky are upside down. Or you are. You're not really sure anymore. One building in particular catches your eye. One that starts at the top and bottom of each city, reaching the full height available. It has many windows and a large, beautiful door etched with stars and trees that fill you with the sensation of inspiration. And as you kind of take that door in more and more and look at it, each of you gains a point of inspiration. <gasps> Where do we put this? Um, so, <clears throat> inspiration means that your character um, is able to cash that in to gain advantage on something. You can roll twice and take the better result. Ooh. Yeah. I'm kind of looking around and I say, no nightmares here, except for that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> The pajamas on the armory here, or, or the, the ooh, those those pants. You don't seem to have a butt region. <laughs> I'm just wondering out loud, like, how are we supposed to fight the nightmares if the king guy can't even fight the nightmares? Like, that is a very valid question. Thought about that. We probably should have asked him when he was still here. Someone didn't upset him. <laughs> he did seem a little nervous. Well, I kind of reached out and I snagged the nearest dreamer passerby, mm-hmm. and I say, "Good person, good morrow, fellow. Have you seen any nightmares around here?" Um, you kind of grab somebody, uh, scruffy hair, completely disheveled. Um, they're wearing pajamas that don't match. Um, they seem to be happy though, like as if like they're wearing the pajamas that they wanted to, because no one else is going to tell them how to wear pajamas. And uh, he spins around and looks at you, and he says, Nightmares? Am I curious? <laughs> no, no, no. But this is, this, is oh. a, this is a happy place. We don't, we don't even entertain well, such thoughts here. Oh, well, where, where would we go if we wanted to entertain such thoughts? Just kind of stares at you. You want nightmares? Why, Just... why don't you tell us more about McCurry's? <laughs> McCurry's. McCurry's. I'm sorry, we're new here. And if you can tell us anything about that tower, that amazing tower in the center, I would love more information. Oh, um, well, I guess uh, you're in Mercurius, if this is your first time. Um, can certainly show you around. There's a lot of amazing things here. Um, this is kind of a bastion for people who are lost in their dreams. So maybe that's why you don't know why you're here. Because you got lost, which is totally acceptable. But once you're here, it's a lot easier to find your way back. Uh, it leaves quite the impression, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, welcome. There's a lot to experience here. It's a wonderful, beautiful city. And a number of us don't leave, especially after the destruction of Stardust. We were very lucky to find this home. Yeah, what was the other question about the building? What's the this? tower in the middle? I would point to the large tower that goes right up and down that like connects the two well, that's the architect's building uh, what, what's in there I mean other than an architect <laughs> that, that's about it as far as I know I don't um, get to go in there no one goes in there just um, the architect Tompkins we were sent here by a nice man, um, King Kevin, and he said we needed to find another person. Do you think it could be this Tompkins? He said he would, I think, lead us somewhere. He thinks for a second, he says, King, you mean... Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he thought for a second, he goes, 
the king of dreams. You, and he looks around and he's like, are you talking about Patch? Oh, Patch. Yeah, that's the wrong name. As you think about it, the the cloak that he was wearing actually had a large patch on it. Like, like it had been damaged, and he had stitched it up with uh, a different piece of clothing. Of course we mean patch. Yes, yeah. which she said. And <laughs> people start to gather around you, and they're like, you know, you know patch, and they start throwing different names. Like, somebody says, you know patch, and somebody else says, you know the king of dreams, and someone else says, uh, you know the endless slumber? Like, they're all kind of gathering around, fascinated. Oh. Well, and then I kind of... I kind of sweep my arms and I was like, of course, he has personally summoned us here to go on a glorious mission, and we are looking for another such chosen to help us along our way. Where might we find the special someone, do you think? The specialist of you all. <laughs> <laughs> and this this kid steps forward, and he kind of lets he lets air fill his chest uh, along with uh, pride and assumption. And <clears throat> he kind of uh, fixes his wizard robes, and he cracks his fingers, like, way too many times. Like, he shouldn't be able to develop arthritis this fast, but here he is, right? And um, he looks around, and he goes, it is I. <laughs> I am the most you. specialist of specialists here. <laughs> what can I do for you, madame, or milady, whatever you prefer? Have you stopped wetting the bed yet? <laughs> what can I do for making you? friends like he's very nervous now he's like he cut right to the heart he shot right through the heart <laughs> damn you're well, too I kind of I kind of crouch down to eye level with this little guy and I go and where would you be leading us oh mighty wizard and he just <laughs> <laughs> you can interrupt this at any point you want to but he reaches out and kind of just Lightly brushes your cheek, and he's like, wherever you would like to go. <laughs> I reach across, and I grab his cheek and give it a nice, motherly, hard twist. I bow to face oh. him, slap him on the butt, push him back in the crowd, and I go, who else is a specialist of special? The crowd does not rise to the occasion but <laughs> after that display, but uh, the person you were originally talking to was like, again, I think you're probably looking for Tompkins, the guy that built this place. He's the only I one that so knows Patch. All right, let's go. Let's just listen to the homeless guy. Let's go to that building. <laughs> He's greedy. I don't have a homeless status. I, I live with the oranges. And he kind of walks away. <laughs> he goes to the steeple. <laughs> um, but the rest of the crowd kind of follows you unnecessarily. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. We've got... Followers, my good friends. <laughs> Roberto doesn't like this at all. He doesn't like large crowds. Can I like slowly, just gently push all of them as many as wide as I can? Just go like go for it. go away. Systematically pushes these people aside. <laughs> I would see my brother at uncomfort, so I would start snarling meanly, like a dwarf. <laughs> a large warhammer pulling it out. Oh. Pe- people kind of give you the get, people give you as much space as they think they need to. <laughs> That's about just, it. I'm just escorting Ertlebe closer yeah. towards the tower destination. I'm just like whatever, unfazed by the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, brother. We'll get through this. Sure, yeah. it won't all be like this. Hopefully, you can They're feel out of uh, reach. 
tin can feel um, your back shift a little bit as uh, someone. It feels like someone's trying to pull something away from you. Uh, I kind of I spin around and I'm like, the fuck. (laughs) 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 I mean, I don't Uh, say that, but (laughs) you give that look. Yeah, (laughs) the the fuck look. Um, yes, you turn around and it's, um, one of the kids is reaching for, um, your firearm and he's like, what's that? Uh, I, seeing that it's a kid, I definitely, I step back, uh, out of, out of the way and it's like, it's a very dangerous weapon. Do not, do not touch it. Because it looks like a sword that someone accidentally tried to make into a crossbow and they messed up and it doesn't really, I don't get it. And then I... I just said, you don't have to get it. You just don't need to touch it. <laughs> He's flabbergasted. He, he pulls I back. I'm a little cranky today. Right. I, I'm just thinking, like, oh, do you want a demonstration? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I say these things, but it's in a way that it's um, stern, but I'm not, I'm not like, being a, a butt. I just, I'm a little <laughs> tired of their shit. All right, so yeah, he, <laughs> he, uh, I kind of comment aside to Ertlby and I say, how dangerous can it be when she ain't got no arrows? <laughs> I hadn't even noticed that. Very good eye. <laughs> <laughs> but you recognize it, right, Ertlby? I, I recognize the rifle. The... Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm... I'm keeping that to myself, okay, of okay. course. The fact that I I recognize that as, <laughs> as associated with another one of the gunslinging teachers from my planet, the <laughs> steampunk world of Cog. A gunslinging um, teacher who is not my teacher, Ben Manley. <laughs> um. So yeah, you make your way through the crowd. People push and give. And then um, you make yourself um, available to the door. And what do you guys do? I reach out and I knock crisply. Mm-hmm. Um, you get no response. I kind of turn around and say, nobody's home. And then I point to Roberto and I'm like, big thing, break down this door. <laughs> um, I'm not... At first, I'm not, I don't disagree with that, but I kind of look towards to my dwarf brother and I'm like, should I, like, just kind of like, should I, like, you know, like, I, I don't have a problem doing it, but I don't know if this is socially acceptable among well, humans. Well, check <laughs> if it's unlocked first and uh, oh. if it's not, kick it down. Okay. Um, I Time is push, of the essence. <laughs> I gently, but not so gently push on the door. It opens. Oh. <laughs> Big thing, solve it. (laughs) (laughs) What a smart robot. (laughs) Robot. So. Saber forged. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Gingerly whispered to the human. They prefer forged. Oh, dearie. I will remember that from now on. Thank you. So you walk into the building, and again, the the height. Stretches all the way to the upper city above you. Um, when you walk in, you're kind of perplexed to find that. You kind of figured when you walked in, you would be on the first floor, right? 
There is no real first floor. There are a series of platforms. The building is much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And there are ropes, and there are ladders, there are slides. Um, like, And the slides start high and then end on a very um, dramatic curve so that if you went down the slide, you would shoot upwards eventually. Um, and all of these platforms lead up to a certain point. And then the situation's reversed. And there's dozens of platforms and ropes that are hanging to you upside down. Uh, and the whole process kind of repeats all the way there. Um, it looks like a cross between an obstacle course and um, a playground. Um, throughout this whole place, you also see... Dozens and dozens of blueprints, um, designs and ideas for different weird um, buildings that could be built in this area. Um, <clears throat> drafting tables all over, almost as if the person can't be bothered to just have one. Like, if they're going to work, they're going to work where they want to. They're not going to make the effort to go all the way to the drafting table. So there's various spots um, for this person to work. Um Besides that, the other thing that you find intriguing is um, you find these little mechanical spheres, and they have a number of um, legs. They have about six legs, uh, thin, pencil-thin legs, and <clears throat> they have kind of like a, in the middle of the sphere, they have a thin line, and they also have um, kind of a, they have these two arms that are also kind of pencil-thin, and they have uh, six fingers each that kind of have the freedom to expand and move however they want to. And there's another slit going around the top, kind of vertically on the sphere. And you can see that those arms could travel either one of those circuits and kind of move wherever they need to be. And they're cleaning up. There are um, a lot of pillows all over the floor that need to be picked up. Um, there are a lot of uh, artist tools that need to be reorganized and stuff. And there's blueprints that are being reorganized and taken to shelves. And then other fresh papers are being brought out and placed down so that they can be worked on immediately. And they don't seem to pay attention to you at all. They're just moving around. Some of them are made of brass, silver, all kinds of different metals. Uh, some of them are emerald. It's pretty haphazard what material they're made of. Rebel Zone will run over and kind of start like picking one up to see if he can figure out like the magic that works in behind it. Like they are like kind of small. He's just fascinated by it. Yep. Give me a knowledge arcana check. I can, I can do that. <laughs> I did not get. I did not get that. ten. <laughs> ten. Uh, you're not quite sure. You're not. You just kind of take a look at it and you. It doesn't make logical sense. Can I, can I try to talk to it? Hello? Like, will it acknowledge me? <laughs> it doesn't acknowledge you. No, it keeps going on about its business. If you get in its way, it calmly moves around you and keeps shuffling around it. Um, if you were to really try to block it, it would just climb over you. Like, its legs and arms are extremely versatile. And if need be, it'll flip and walk on its hands if it has to. Uh, okay. If it needs that level of dexterity. Can I grab hold of one? Yeah. Um... It's pretty easy. You just go pick it up, and it keeps walking, and then eventually it stops, and it just goes limp. Oh, so I can pick it up. 
Yep. Yeah, you've got it in your hand. Um, it's Ooh, extremely light. It, it feels like you're holding a cloud that you can somehow hold in your hand. What happens when I go, like, slowly? I just slowly start... <laughs> slowly start like, to crush it? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. You're a monster. It's, it's solid. It, you're not getting anything out of it. Oh, but... Like what? Okay, mm-hmm. like nothing. Ha- what if I completely crush it? You uh, you can't. You, you oh. can. I mean, you can make a strength check if you really want to go for this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> if you <laughs> can, I um look around for any person or bell or gong or anything that would be used to signal somebody else. Yep. Um. There. If you take a look around and study enough, you see someone making their way sort of to you, or they're making their way... From their perspective, they're making their way up. (laughs) From your perspective, they're making their way down. Um, This person is kind of climbing ropes and jumping from ledge to ledge. Um, Eventually, they get to a big uh, spiral staircase, right? Um, And they start walking up the staircase, kind of looking at you, interested, excited... Um, <clears throat> once he gets close to what you think is the middle of the building, he actually has to kind of fall into your area. So, like, he does a handstand and lets gravity take him, and then he kind of effortlessly kind of, like, flips forward until now he's, to you, right side up. And he's kind of quickly running down the stairs. He's not freaking out. He's just kind of like, they're expecting me. I gotta get down there. Who is this? Um... Yeah. So eventually he comes down the staircase, hits a few more platforms. It's it's such an extreme process. Like you maybe you were impressed at first. This is taking forever. <laughs> There's got to be a better way. If this is the architect, he has created quite a situation for himself. Um but he finally gets down there. Tomkin uh it's <laughs> Tomkins, oops. Uh, <laughs> who he, the person you'd have to assume is Tompkins uh, is uh, a halfling of less than modest height he has choppy blonde hair a buckled maroon tunic white shirt and brown slacks and um, anyone who has a perception higher than a 14 will notice that he also has um, simple gold bands one on each hand um, like on his uh, his ring fingers essentially and so um, he finally comes down there and walks up to you. He straightens himself up, and um, he fixes his hair. Or he he thinks he fixes his hair. There's no fixing his hair; it's disheveled. And um, walks up to you and he says, "Hi, how how can I help you?" Are you Patch's friend by chance? Hmm. He looks around and says, "Yeah." Oh, we are friends with Patches. We had snacks together, and he told us a very sad story, and he said we needed a guide. She she tells the truth. Are you Tompkins? I am, yeah, I'm I'm Tompkins. We are uh, apparently lucid dreamers, sent to recover the pieces of the tree. (laughs) He kind of looks around, he's like, "The, the tree is shattered? Maybe this isn't the guy we're looking for. No, I think it's, I think it's um, the stardust, stardust shards, the stardust shards. Rommel was not banging. We're here, we're here to, we're here to save, save all of existence from the nightmares that yeah. King Patch can't handle on his own. Yes, that's right. So he wants me to build you a building. 
No, take us somewhere. You know, actually, this might not be the right guy. I don't know if Kevin was really clear in his instructions. Should we leave? <laughs> Maybe we're supposed to torture him. Oh. <laughs> He's like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> and he starts, like, ascending the stairs. Oh, no, come back. He's like, Can I, like, <laughs> really quickly try to go grab him by the scruff of his neck? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and give me a um, dexterity check. See if you can get up there and grab him. Is that a twenty? It'd be a, yeah, a d twenty, and then add your dexterity bonus. Okay, I got a six plus a four makes a ten. All right, so he kind of ducks underneath you. Um, he ducks out of your grapple essentially, and kind of runs up a few more stairs. And he's like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on." Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to understand what you're saying. So Patch needs you to talk to me about leaving? Yes. He needs us to talk to someone. You may be mistaken in who. Surely you know of them. I'm... I'm not trying to brag. But I'm I'm the only person of notability here. And he says, um... Well, I guess... Okay, so... He, but why me? Does he think I know where it is? Do you know where it is? I, I don't. Did say you know where it is? I mean, Perhaps you could build something for us that will take us to places that have these pieces. I mean, I know how to leave the city, but I don't ever leave the city. Is it because you were afraid? Because you shouldn't be afraid to see new things, young man. There's the whole world out there. Well, I mean, who's going to take care of my guys? And it kind of points at the little spheres that are walking around. These are my guys. They don't really look like they need you. (gasps) You look pretty (gasps) self-sufficient. Their well-constructed, immaculate... Self-awareness and self-reliance in no way means that they don't need me. I mean, it doesn't look like they need you, but Tompkins, we need you. Aww. You know, Patches, and he's kind of all shy Patches, now, and he's like, "You guys." And he sent us to you because he said Tompkins could help us. Only Tompkins. Yes, only, only Tompkins. Come on. He didn't actually say that. No, <laughs> you guys are fibbing. <laughs> Did he say that I could show you the way out and then stay? He said that would be up for debate when the time came. But sure, probably. Hmm. Well, I could show you the door out of here. Yeah, that's no problem. Ertleby has picked up one of his guys, his little (laughs) robots. Yeah. And he's like, what a, what a nice robot. I mean, forked. I, I, I am curious. Can these store information? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you, you just tell them stuff and they remember. Can nightmares read information stored in something like this? He just kind of stares at you and says, and now he's looking a little more serious and he says, what do you know about the nightmares? Only what Kevin told us. So basically nothing. <laughs> but they're they're bad. I, I surmised. Um, 
yeah, I, these are just made of dream stuff. They they could probably devour them and learn what they want to know, but they don't. They don't know anything important. They just know what to build for me. What do you know I, about the nightmares? I know I was there when I used to. I used I used to live on Stardust. Um, and yeah, I, <laughs> I I was there when they came. So I guess I know all of that. Don't you want your home back? He just kind of looks to the side. And he uh, says, well, I didn't think we'd ever get our home back. Patch had me build this place instead. I spent a lot of time building the city. I actually built the entirety of the city. Um, I, I've... I just never thought about Daddy would be able to go back. I mean, is he trying to rebuild Stardust? Yep, yes. that's what you're here for. What is it? Because I actually missed that. Did that's what we're doing, right? <laughs> okay, all right. Um. Well, I mean, like I said, I can show you the door to the way out of the city and. Hopefully that takes you where you need to go, but I don't know anything. I don't know where the shards are. You can't build us something to find the shards? Well, as far as I know, the shards... I mean, the shards are not safe here in the Dreaming, so I assume that Patch would have sent them off into the Waking World so I could build you something... Just hope that it works when you get there, but it probably won't be able to take anything with you if you have to go into the waking world. I'm confused. Vasa, what's going on? What's he saying? <laughs> the Dream King didn't plan very well, Grandmother. We're trying to pick up the pieces. By the way, Tomkins, engineer extraordinaire, do you, go on. can you build anything that can kill nightmares? I can build really great houses that they should not be able to get into, which is what I've been dedicating the rest of my life to. Alright. Mercurius should be fairly impenetrable. Can you build armor that the nightmares can't penetrate? Armor is really just like a tiny house. <laughs> well, well, hold on a second. And he runs up the staircase, and he climbs up some ropes, and then he jumps and grabs a particularly long rope and lets it carry him until he kind of hits that gravity point, and it throws him into a pile of pillows, and you can hear the pillows kind of go like, <laughs> and he starts like rolling back and forth and like clearly being tickled by the pillows, and he's like, come on, you guys, and he rolls out of the pillows, <laughs> and um, he runs around. And he gets a couple of those little spheres together, and he talks to them for a little bit, and then they quickly run, and they construct something, and then he repeats the process, doesn't go to the pillow route this time, it's not really necessary, and comes all the way down, and he says, this is the best I can do, but I think you're going to like it. And he unfolds this two-dimensional construct that quickly unfolds into a house. And he puts it over Ertleby 
And then <laughs> as you expand your arms, um, the, the sides give way. And it's, um, yeah, he's like, there you go, house armor. I never thought about making that before. But, um, yeah. That's pretty, yeah. Thanks, Va- um, th- thanks you. Okay. <laughs> this does not feel just... comfortable. Um, you're not going to like uh, the level of heat. That you now will keep within <laughs> this little house. It's it's too well insulated, Ertleby, for you to feel any kind of comfort. Um, <laughs> it, you don't think it's it gonna protect you? Her? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, um, this is a very nice present. Thank you. I I um. Does anyone else want armor? Uh, <laughs> Maybe you can show us more about that building of how to get out of here. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> let's, let's move along. Wait, I'm, I'm confused, because, Thompson, how old are you? Tompkins. Tompkins. He, he kind of, um... Pretty, pretty old. Pretty old. Like, two digits? Nope. Four. Three digits? No. I don't really know. For someone who's so old, you're acting like a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He just pulls himself back and he's like, My. Normally, I don't approve, but. (laughs) She's right. (laughs) But, But I. You know, let's just go find that door. Obviously, um, this isn't your scene. Um, Mercurius is not a place for such negativity. Um, and he, he opens the door, and he's ready to lead you guys out. I just kind of motion the group along. Tompkins, is last last try, I, I swear. But if you wanted to come, you could you could wear the house armor. <laughs> I, I'm wearing it right now, but it's not very comfortable. No, I mean it's very comfortable. <laughs> you would feel like you were in Mercurius, uh, even though you'd be somewhere else, but still inside a, a very safe house. Um, he, nah. He's just kind of oh, shaking yeah. his head, like, there's... take care then. Well, he's Is he's there, gonna walk you towards. Us. Yeah, he's gonna lead you. Oh, yeah, I'm following you then. So, um, is there a way to return? Can we ask him if there's a way to return to Mercurius? Like, what happens when we find Stardust? We just want to be like, here you go, have piece A. That's a great question. I don't know how. I mean, like, well, here I could get you back to to Patch. When the time's That's... right, but I'm not going with you, so good luck. And as he opens the door, um, <laughs> he opens the door to the sounds of screaming, and you look outside as you see um, people running in terror. You see um, buildings have been warped and darkened. They don't seem to hold the shape they once held. Everything feels twisted and wrong and off. Um, and as the people run, you see these kind of chaotic masses of all sorts of dark hues fighting for dominance. And as soon as he opens the door, 
they look these, these like several black masses look at you and they feel like they're way more focused than they were a second ago and they start to try to take shape as they move towards you and Tompkins shuts the door <laughs> and I just go so what might those be those charming things he takes off running He's running up the stairs, and he says this way. I'm wearing a house. Him. I think we found night. Okay, so can I take the house off of Erdelby? <laughs> like, yeah, Erdelby's got her arms kind of out. Kinda, she can't really put them down, and she's kind of like, ding, 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 like her little Flintstone run. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, with that house, um, you will, okay, so you'll have advantage when it comes to, like, sleeping. Uh, home insurance, <laughs> but in terms of any kind of useful adventuring skills, you're going to suffer disadvantage to get the house off of you. Oh yeah, so can God. I like lift the house off of Erdelby <laughs> and also kind of like lift her onto my onto my onto my back so that I can like piggyback her up the stairs and like chase after Tompkins? <laughs> um, you could, yeah. I would need a strength check though, and um, ah. you're not, sh- yeah. With Erdelby's um speed when she first came into the tavern, she you're not sure if she needs the help. That's true. I just, I guess I sort of assumed it just because I mm-hmm. see this little old lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am uh, bad with stairs sometimes, so it <laughs> might not be the worst idea. <sighs> yeah, so if you'd like to uh, take a strength to, um, yeah, I can. At the, you know what we'll do is, um, you basically will, you can offer her uh, help, and if she mm-hmm. does need to make any checks, then she'll have an advantage on those. Okay. That's what so, I'll do. Yep, you've kind of you're right there with her. You're helping her along the way. You're, but she's able to keep pace with you. Um, but yeah, you're right there in case she needs more. Okay. <laughs> and sorry, you, sorry you, I'm a little confused. Are we? Did we go into the door? Or no, no. Um, basically, the way it worked was that um, he opened the door and just Tompkins opened the, the door to chaos and then shut the door in a very <laughs> nope-like fashion. Like, nope. Nope. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And then nope's his way up the stairs. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I immediately, when Tompkins runs up the stairs, I just go, "Come on!" And I like run, go up the stairs as well after yep. Tompkins. As do I. The rest of you following suit. Yes, I would pull out my crossbow. <laughs> all right. So you all start taking up off the stairs. Um, the first couple of platforms are pretty easy to jump. Um, there, there's not a lot of gap. But um, there is one particular platform where I'm going to need uh, athletics checks from each of you. Oh. That's using dexterity? It uses strength, actually. Oh, fuck. Yep. It's weird, right? Because like, dexterity is always for balancing, mm-hmm. and strength is always for like leaping and things. Okay. okay. I got a five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Twenty four. I rolled a two, but then I also have a minus one, so I'm at a one. Oh, wait, I helped. I helped. Ertelby. Um, I'm yep. helping her. Yep. Yep. All right, I'm gonna roll again. Okay. That was noble of you to sacrifice yourself for her. Yeah. <laughs> I got a six. Now I'm at a five. <laughs> so you all oh, run off, and uh... I I got a fourteen. Okay, when you guys, uh, when you all reach that platform, um, there's a noticeable gap you're going to have to make the jump for, and uh, <laughs> you get up to the edge, and Vasa extends help to Erdelby and says, all right, let's go, and she helps you make the jump, and you comically miss. 
Um, <laughs> oh no! Um, like give me those cat videos online. Um, give me a uh, deck saving throw. It'd be a d20 plus your dexterity bonus, and if you're proficient in this skill, you'd get to add your um, profic- uh, proficiency bonus. Um, so I rolled a two, but my dexterity is plus four. Um, so that's a six now. And, um, I'm not proficient, so I'm at a six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, not so nice, uh, you fall into nice. a, uh, <laughs> you fall into a nearby platform and, uh, you take, uh, one damage. And kind of pick yourself up. (laughs) Our first battler against the stairs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's the problem. That's the problem. Is that there is a perfectly legitimate set of stairs. But at some (gasps) point... (laughs) At some point, Tompkins left the stairs and you kind of all followed. Because you thought he was going to take you someplace smart. He's just jumping the platforms because this is how he travels. Um, (laughs) So... Um, you're able on that platform, Ertlebee, to just get to the stairs if you want to. I do that. You start on the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> um, I need uh, Vasa to make a dexterity save as well. Yep, so I rolled a 18. My dexterity is a plus 4, and I'm proficient in it, which is a plus 2. So by math, that's a 25. <laughs> All right, so um, you, you, start, you don't make the jump quite, but you quickly gain um, your balance, and you just reach out for the uh, platform in front of you, and you're able to pull yourself up just fine. Um, okay. Yep. And then there's a series of platforms that you can start making more checks for, but now you're watching Ertlebee just run up the stairs, <laughs> and you're, you're all welcome to um, make your way back over to the stairs and just follow suit and let Tompkins do whatever the hell he's going to do. Um, yeah, Ro- Ro- Roberto made the jump. I rolled pretty high. So. Yeah. Anyone who made the jump and doesn't uh, and wants to continue forward, there's a series of ropes you can climb, and then eventually, oh. um, at, uh, over here, there's a series of ropes you'll climb, and then eventually the gravity will flip you. And as long as you hold on tight enough, you'll just flip over and then start making your descent. Is anything coming uh, yeah. out that door? What's up? Sorry. Is anything coming out that door that you, like, slam shut? Uh, the door is shaking. So, like, when you guys went up to the door, it opened effortlessly. Now, it really feels like it's reinforced. Um, but it you can see it giving away. And every time the door shakes, it's not just that the door shakes, but the infrastructure in that area starts to warp and disorient itself and become more and more weird. Um, so you all eventually make your way to where Tompkins is at the other door at the top of the building, which is now the bottom of the building because of your perspective. And, uh, he throws the door open and he says, he, he holds open for you all. What's on the other side? It's clear streets. Um, yeah, nothing interesting over here. Can I can I turn to Tompkins and just basically be like, I know there's something there's something coming through that door and you're all you're in danger. Come with us so that we can help. Um, so that you can live. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, your home. give me a diplomacy check. 
diplomacy check. Or uh, persuasion. Wait. Persuasion, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can I offer help in any way? Just like, yeah, yeah come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can, yeah, like you, can, you can offer uh, Megan advantage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you, yeah, I'm hyping her up. I'm hyping her up. <laughs> okay, so the first one, was a, first one was a 10. And then the next one was a 9. So it was a 10. 10 plus? That's it. That's, it was just a 10. <laughs> All right. Uh, you actually beat his roll. So um, he kind of looks at you and he says, I'll go with you too. And we'll see how far we get together. But awesome. then he stands next to ten, and I'm, and I look down at him and I say, uh, "With all that is within my ability, I will make sure no harm comes to you." He, it's kind of his chest kind of rises up and he looks kind of un, uh, a little inspired and a little more assured, and um, it's a little bit of life kind of returns to his eyes that you didn't see there. I kind of I look down at Ertleby and I just kind of quietly say aside. Between you and me, I wouldn't make that gamble. He looks pretty fragile. <laughs> <laughs> I give her like a, a Lucille Bluth style wink, where it's like, like the sly, unsubtle wink that. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> really slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you take off down the cobblestone streets. And he's kind of darting left and right, taking you down different streets. He seems to know exactly where he's going. Um, and at one point, you start running down a um, kind of what you think it, you must must be like the market area. There's lots of shops with big, beautiful window displays. Um, and you keep running forward, and then suddenly you can hear this kind of garbled like this kind of like all around you and those masses break into the area like one comes out of a building one comes through a window not like it shatters the window like it pours itself out of the reflection of the window and then one more comes from behind you it kind of spills out from an alleyway and they're really struggling to kind of start pulling themselves together and take a form um and Tompkins gets really close to Tim and he's on the verge of you, you, you're worried that he's going to break and then he takes a deep breath and he's simply there with you so <clears throat> these uh, shapeless wild masses of like I said competing hues are trying to form together and gain some semblance of organization uh, Tim what do you do? Uh, how far away are they from us? Well, or are they surrounding you, us? Or? Right, right. There's one behind you, and then there's two in front of you blocking your path. And when they first came into the area, it seemed like they were about 60, 70 feet. The problem is the moment they enter the area, everything starts to warp. Um, the streets start to close in on you. Where you once had plenty of space, you probably had about like 100 feet of road width-wise it suddenly starts to constrict to about 10 feet worth of space width-wise. The buildings are stretching taller and taller and then kind of looming over you and closing, and you get the, the very suffocating sense of claustrophobia. If any of, you, if any of you were claustrophobic, this would be an almost unbearable situation. 
Um, so now they're really about 40 feet from you as everything kind of closes in together and you start having less and less room. It stops. It doesn't keep constricting. But once they get in there, the whole place just takes this terrible twist. Um, so, yeah, about 40 feet. There's one 40 feet away from you, behind you, and then two more 40 feet in front of you. Uh, I think normally I would try and take out my gun and try and, like, take them out. But since they're so close, um, and now that I am burdened with protecting the little bitch... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I oh, just doing his best. No, no, I know. I I'm actually not that bad of a of a person. I just, you know, uh just caught me on a bad day. Grumpy, grumpy dreamer today. I take my glaive and try and like basically keep him as far away from all of the enemies. So put like position myself like a roadblock. What you can do is you can set a condition to allow yourself to act. It's called um, like readying your action, essentially. Uh, I guess, yeah. So I I guess is if they charge me, then I will attack. Is okay. that kind of... Yep. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone threatens you, then yeah, then you'll instantly go for the attack. But okay, that's no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that... Um, the creature, two of these masses that are in front of you, they run forward and they both charge uh, Roberto. So both oh. of them kind of just swim and move and shift and they bear down on you. The first one, um, it reaches out and it forms these claws out of its chest and it takes a swipe at you and it just meets your armor. Nothing. Um, the second one takes a swipe at you and now that you've kind of seen what they're capable of, um, uh-huh. You're not even going to let them touch your armor because the second one you step you step back from and it doesn't even get close. Um, after that, we have Ertleby. Yes. So, are there decorative trees in or like decorative vines around um, uh, on any of the shops? Um, there is one particular shop that is selling um, used vines. So, uh, Ertleby has been a <laughs> A long-time gardener, and though she's never confided this in anyone, not even her now-deceased husband, Otto, um, she believes she can make plants do things she wants them to. Specifically, um, the the word she's come up for this is entangle, which uh, the plants can go and grab things and slow them down. Um, and so... Uh, in this moment, she sees all these creatures, they're all around, and she she summons her will and tells that used vine store with all of her, her gardening knowledge to please kindly um, grab some of the, the amorphous blob creatures and just try and slow them down a little. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, so <clears throat> you kind of just, how do you, like, how do you cast? What does it look like when you cast? Is it just merely like suggestions and stuff? Because like this particular spell requires you to be able to both speak and use um, semantic components, which means you have to move your hands or do something. Like you have to be able to gesture and speak in order to cast the spell. Yes. So so it'll be claps her hands and and says, um, grasses green, vines. <laughs> Are green, uh, <laughs> all things green. 
<laughs> and in between, <laughs> um, I command thee. And she, she makes some wiggly faces. <laughs> I'm going to go for the two that are ganging up on Roberto, as long as it doesn't get him. Correct. Yeah, like, you can you can cast it just far enough so that like it, it invades their space, but no further. You can put it right on their edge. So... I do exactly that. So the windows burst open and the vines race forward, um, properly encouraged by the wiggling of your fingers. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll saving throws for them. So um, the vines entangle both of them. The area is afflicted as the vines not only try to grab them, but spread out and break in and out of the ground over and over again, making a very treacherous uh, area for anyone that steps into it. Um, The first one expands itself and forces itself free but the other one doesn't so um one of them is completely tangled up in these vines unable to properly shift its way out the other one just broke right out now it's still in difficult terrain but it's not hampered in any way um (laughs) i see that there are two near my brother and i just like this very much. Um, I reach into my cloak and pull out an orb. I run my fingers over it and start chanting in Dwarven. Um, it looks as though I'm weaving time. Mm-hmm. And I shoot out three magic missiles. And I will aim them all at the three that looked like it was jumping out free. Okay. Because that seems to be the biggest threat. Yep. And, you know, take them out one by one. Mm-hmm. So, yep, so your, your sphere kind of... Uh glows and resonates and then these giant balls of force rip out of them and fly unearingly uh, okay so nine those uh slam into him or slam into it and then it kind of pulls itself together and you can feel the full focus of his attention on you and as it looks at you it kind of takes this weird shape the way the shape that it takes gives you the impression that it's no longer just a ball of chaos. It feels like some kind of sickly disease, and it fills you with a terror that you uh, are not comfortable sharing with the rest of the group. Um, After that, we go to Vasa. All right, if the way I understand it, both the two creatures that are entangled, I can't actually physically reach them without being entangled myself. You can, you can. Um, uh, Ertlby placed the the edge of the spell at their feet, but no further. So, like, most of the spell is happening behind them. You can very easily get up uh, get up on them, if you will. Uh, okay. But since Did, there's only um, ten feet of space, you and Roberto will be the front lines. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. no one else could close rank with those two because of the, the tight streets and the claustrophobic-like atmosphere. Okay. Sorry, I should also say, too, Roberto, uh, you would also feel a, a certain level of uncomfortability when you see that. Okay, well, I would like to use my rapier, which is a 1d8, and mm-hmm. I would like to attack the one that uh, Brimstone attacked. <laughs> okay, so that was an 8 plus dexterity, which is plus 4, and then proficiency, which is plus 2, so that's um, a 14. Nice. So, um, yeah, you pull out your rapier, and <clears throat> when you attack, you know 
that you did not swing the best possible. You did not um, take the, the best stance you can, but because of your dexterity, you're able to correct yourself mid-course, and then you just really sink your blade into it. Okay. Go ahead and roll your weapon damage, and then add your dexterity bonus, and then also add a d6 to that. So that's a 3 plus 4, which is 6 damage, and then I roll a d6, if I could, which comes out to a 2, so that's 8 damage in total. Yep. All right. So um, you run it through, and it was not expecting you to do that. Um, it looked like it was ready for something else for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but like um, once you run it through, pieces of it kind of fall off, like they drip off, and it, it looks like it's even lesser, um, less substantial than it was before. After that, we have Roberto. Okay. So I draw my long, my short sword, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> I slice at the dam- the nightmare creature that is not entangled. Okay, 12. No, you, you just miss. Um, okay. It kind of reshapes itself around you a little bit and still has that kind of like um, diseased look to it as it looks mm-hmm. at you just for a second. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the other one um, that's behind everybody is going to charge directly at 10. So, 10, you can go ahead and take your attack now. I Time to get all up in that business. Catch <laughs> um. <Catch> first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a 15. 15 altogether? Uh-huh. Yep, that hits. Yeah. yeah, so you basically kind of spin the glaive once real fast and then take a step forward and slash it right into its midsection. How much damage okay. do you do? I do... Uh, Six. Damn it. Do you have any um, bonuses because of your strengths? No. Okay. I don't. I don't think so. No. What's your strengths? Uh, seventeen. That would be a plus three. Oh. Okay. Yep. Well then, nine. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, it's a really good slash into it. Um, you take a piece of it away, and then um. Once you kind of pull your uh, glaive out, it rises up a little bit, and it takes the form of kind of almost like a beetle-like creature with two tentacles. And um, you heard stories of this before. You, you're not sure that it's a rust monster. You're just terrified that it might be. And um, oh. <laughs> Uh, new round, or no, it's turn now. It's going to attack you. Those, um, kind of wispy tentacles slash at you, and you're so terrified of them that you jump well out of the way, and they crash into the ground, and then they recoil and pull back, uh, and kind of wither around them again. Um, it's a new round, and it is Tiny Tin's turn. Oh, again? Oh, okay. Uh, then I'm gonna stand up and, um, attack again with the Degleave. Degleave. Oh, son of a... Okay. <laughs> Let's try that again. Uh, okay. <laughs> I uh, got an eight total. <laughs> I'm a little shaken. You jump back, and you can't really regain your footing until you take a wild swing. It totally anticipates. It just kind of ducks underneath it. Um... The uh, creature that is not entangled 
um, that's kind of sickly looking and disease ridden. Well, so the way this works, it's going to start moving through you, the people up front, as it tries to charge through your ranks um, and it's heading towards Brummelstone. Yes. Wanna get me? Um, so if you'd like, you only get one bonus action uh, per round. So you can use your bonus action to take this attack if you would like. Yes. Okay. <gasps> oh! Oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that! Oh. Critical hit. Oh my god, oh my god! Oh shit! It happened once. That's true. First crit of the uh, first crit of the game. I rolled a three plus four is seven. Piercing. Yep. So fourteen damage. Yep. All right. So um, you just you dive forward and you bring your sword into it and then you pull it out and you you see like you've almost like caused a rupture as pieces of it start spilling out everywhere. Vasa. And I get a three, womp womp, which plus six makes a nine. Um, yeah, unfortunately, no. So um, it kind of corrects itself, and it just weaves right around you and comes right at Brummelstone. No! So um, it reaches forward, and its claws try to dig into you. They really, it's only a glancing blow, um, and you take three damage. But now it's right on. It's right over you, and you are you are terrified that even that little bit of damage may do something to you because of what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've turned the, ashen white and terrified. The uh, the next one is going to continue trying to attack uh, Roberto. It takes another wild swing at you, but especially because it's constricted, it really just doesn't seem to be able to bear its full strength on you. Um, so you're safe right now. Ertleby? Uh, Ertleby is appraising the situation, um, and while she's been taught to only use her gun as a last resort, she sees this is pretty dire, so she gets out her gun. She aims at the one that's leaning <laughs> over him um, and prepares to fire her gun. Ertleby rolls a four. Um, Ertleby <laughs> is lucky, though. She has That's, that's her feet. I have an inexplicable luck that seems to kick in at just the right moment. Um, <laughs> Is that I moment spend now? one luck point to roll an additional d20. Um, would you like to use one? Yes, I would. All right. 7 plus 4 is 11. Um, plus 2 is 13. Uh, that is a hit. So um, you, right. you, you pull your revolver out and you take this kind of wild shot and... You pull the trigger whenever you feel like it's time to pull the trigger, and you're very lucky in the fact that uh, as you swung your arm wildly up, it dead center hits it. So uh, go ahead and yes. roll damage. I looked so cool as I did that, too. All right, so it's 2d8. Um, I just got a 9, so clearly I'm using the wrong dice here. <laughs> like, that can't be. That lucky. <laughs> yeah. So I do 14. Um, so you kind of just like almost like whip that bullet <laughs> at the creature so and cool. it rips right through it. And as it does, at first it causes it to like kind of like force itself into glass and it starts to shatter. And then those remnants, those, those shards give way to kind of a liquid goo and it splatters all over the place. <sighs> um, and so that it is gone now. Um, 
Brummelstone? Nice. Uh, you know, well, with fear in my eyes as I witness the past return, uh, you know, I look over at the old lady and I go, you'll have to teach me your magic someday. <laughs> oh, dearie. And, and then I... For you. Yeah. And nice I see... I see, uh, you know, Tiny Tin over there, and so I'm going to cast Ray of Frost at uh, the one in front of her to hopefully help it slow it down. 14 to hit. That's a hit. Do 1d8 of cold damage and reduce its speed by 10. So two points of damage. And tell them, maybe get some people out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you kind of like hold your uh, orb forward. And this thin ray of, like, frosty energy hits it, and then you can see it kind of coat around it. And when it turns and looks at you, um, it that shape that it had kind of gives way to this kind of bubonic, disease type look again. And it looks like it's focused purely on you. Vasa? Yeah, so I'm going to also attack the same one that um, Brimlestone did. Okay, that's a 6 plus a 6. That makes a 12. Uh, that is unfortunately a miss. Gosh darn it. <laughs> so it just anticipates you at the last second. Roberto. Um, okay, so there's two dudes left. Um, one of them is next to me, and the other one's far away. I just the shout one... over him like, don't worry, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wait, so Uh-oh, one of them is... Okay, I would like to pull out my longbow right. and take a shot at it. So... Eighteen. Okay, eighteen <laughs> plus. Okay, so that's twenty-four. Twenty-four. Yep, you overachieve. Yeah. <laughs> so and then um okay so damage is eleven. All right, so um you drop your uh, melee weapons and quickly pull your uh your bow out, and seeing that this thing is focusing on your brother, you go right through the middle of it, and parts of it are wrapped around the arrow as you kind of rip to like the midsection a little bit. It looks at you and it seems to take a very weird shape in that it's got that kind of diseased look, right? Mm-hmm. But the um, tentacles that were there previously that were after uh, tin kind of come out of the sides. Oh. And it has kind of both of those aspects now and it looks like it's ready to bear down on you. It's going to move away from you, tin. So go ahead, and if you'd like to take an opportunity attack, you could. Uh, yes, I would like that very much. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twelve. Twelve? Uh, almost. Like, you swing and it just barely gets around your blade. And then I just shake my fist at it. So like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does not go um, straight for Roberto, though. Um, instead, it moves towards the um, window next to it and it pours itself into the reflective surface and then you watch as it pours itself out of a shard of glass nearby uh, Roberto and then goes for the attack but it takes a wild swing it didn't really um orient itself right when it came out new round tin uh how far away are they from me now now that they've moved away oh they're 40 feet now okay so then I'm just like Screw this, getting out the big guns. <laughs> Wink. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to get out my rifle and take aim at um, the one that was frosty and, like, ran away from me. I was like, 
try and get away from this sucker. <laughs> uh, and then I guess I'll roll to see if I hit. <laughs> with the zinger or the rifle? With the... <laughs> oh. Or both. <laughs> Nat 20 on the zinger. <laughs> um. Its feelings are hurt. <laughs> 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 takes D10 pride damage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's 16. 16 to hit. Mother of Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, there's four. Eight. <laughs> this thing's getting fucked up. Alright, 12. <laughs> 12 plus 15. 15 damage. 15 damage. Yeah. Um, Alright, so the same kind of a crack of thunder that came from uh, Ertleby's wild shot is reminiscent of this attack where uh, you watch as the glaive falls to the ground as the large stick comes off of her back and just with barely any time to think, you see Tin already have the shot lined up. That kind of explosion and that kickback uh, fills the air, especially in such a tight area. Um, And... You watch as it, the creature is hit with whatever force came out of that um, weapon, and it just immediately shatters and splatters. <laughs> Three sixty nice. no scope, baby. Damn. <laughs> 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 the last creature um, that's there is going to continue trying to attack uh, Roberto, and um, it shouldn't have bothered. Um, <laughs> it takes another <laughs> wild swing, and <laughs> the DM's morale sinks. Um, <laughs> Ertleby. Ertleby still got her gun. There's one dude left. Yep. She's taking aim for it. Come on, D twenty. Ertleby's got a gun. <laughs> I was gonna go there, but I didn't want to sing. Ertleby, okay, I'll go there. Ertleby's got a two. <laughs> <laughs> I think this app is rigged. Um, <laughs> I think it knows exactly what character it's rolling for. <laughs> Doesn't don't you have that inspiration? I mean, that's what you oh yes, yes, I do have inspiration. Yeah. All right, all right. I roll again. <laughs> I got a one. This app. I'm never using this app again. <laughs> never again. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So, uh, um... I'm sticking with my two, and then uh, I'm gonna remember. This. Is it plus? Four for my dexterity? Yep. Yes, so I have a six. Plus proficiency bonus. Oh, I have an eight. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you have an eight is not the correct answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, while you know yourself that you're just having a bad day, the rest of the group's <laughs> suspicions were confirmed. <laughs> That other one. They should remember that. I also entangled everybody. Is it, are people keeping track here? I'm allowed to miss. Um, Brummelstone. Um, well, I I tire of these things, so I will cast chromatic orb. Um, so I'll pull out there the hand stuff and uh. Throw a four-inch diameter spear. Um, I'm going to do lightning damage. Uh, that was a four, 
so I'm going to use my inspiration and roll again. <laughs> Ten, so. Wow, no. Not even when it's entangled? Oh, I can't hit a stationary I, You know, that's a fair question. I don't know if uh, you know Ertlebe off the top of the head. I don't believe that it gives you anything um, extra in that regard, but I'll double check. Nope. Nothing. It just holds it in place. That's fine. <laughs> I don't deserve to hit. <laughs> no, at these rolls. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you kind of fire off, but it, it wasn't well aimed, unfortunately. I was trying to throw around. Vasa? Yep, so I'm going to go ahead and roll to attack. Um, let me see if I can do it this time. Also, um, it says that I can actually, with my sneak attack, I can quote-unquote assist a comrade. Do I have to pick that beforehand, or do I... What is that one again? I'm sorry. So sneak attack, once per turn, get to do extra d6 damage as long as you have advantage, and you're in melee, and you have a finesse or range weapon. Also, you can give an extra d6 damage if you're right next to a team member who's fighting the same opponent. Level 1 sneak attack for rogue. You, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing okay. that you can gift it. Okay, alright. That's fine. Let me just erase that because it's not true. And <laughs> I just like put it and then I was like, oh, Pedro will never know. Right. <laughs> so rolling d20. My memento tattoo says not to believe your lies. So. <laughs> and I get a freaking six, which plus six makes another 12. Jesus, man. Mm, really, really close, though. Like you, you were just catching the... The last of the space it had before you did it. Um, it's like the thought that counts. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I use my little like, point of inspiration to yep, re-roll? Yep. Mm-hmm. Ah. It's a four. I'm rolling on a Kleenex, and it like tipped a little bit, and for a brief second I saw 18, oh. and then it went to four. Oh. <laughs> uh, like, You'll need this. <laughs> the tissue flies up as you get a four. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, no, no, no. just wants to point out that everyone is sucking as bad as she did. So. <laughs> Let's not be ageist here. <laughs> we just don't want to make you feel bad. <laughs> oh, she missed. We should all just play. Um, Roberto. Um, I do have a question. Yeah. Um, so you said that I dropped my sword to draw my bow. So, like, what if? What happens if I want to pick it up? It's a free action. It's a free act. It's a free action. Yeah, you can pick up stuff for free. Um, I guess I drop my longbow and pick up my sword. <laughs> yep. Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Getting um, a pile and... of weapons at your. Just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dropping everything. Um, and there's and a I... chance I have that slightly wrong, so we'll go with okay. it now, and then we'll fix it later if I'm wrong. Okay, for sure, for sure. Um, and then so I I turn to the last thing and I stab in what I think it's his face. All right. Um, so I'm gonna roll. 24. Dude, mm-hmm. I love these. I love this dice today. Um, Ertl <laughs> <laughs> be shaking her Nope. <laughs> no. I, There's an app for that, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat the real thing. <laughs> and 
then nine piercing. So yeah, you lunge forward and uh, take a piece of it with you, and um, it also takes that form of that kind of like weird kind of diseased mm. wispy tentacle um, monstrosity as mm. it um, raises itself over you. I don't like it. <laughs> <Boy>. Pass. <laughs> uh, new round, uh, ten. I so I'm gonna try aiming at the other one. Oh, son of a! Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh what's ten? I can't add. <laughs> All right, so yeah, um, you kind of take a wild shot, but um, you couldn't get your footing or yeah, whatever excuse got, you want to give. Yeah, I got cocky. It's <laughs> is that a pun? Um, (laughs) alright so um, it's turn it's going to uh, bring itself to bear on Roberto Um, there's no reason to talk about it no reason to dwell Um, (laughs) it cannot hit you at all it's rethinking (laughs) it's life Um, (laughs) you're just all a bunch of misses yeah pretty much (laughs) uh Imagine we're just all wildly swinging at each other, like, <laughs> just like windmilling. <laughs> I just imagine there's vendors in the used fine shop, like, what is going on? <laughs> we were brought here, but secretly, we actually have no combat training whatsoever. <laughs> Chosen warriors, you have been selected for reasons unknown to even me. Oh. <laughs> um, Patches is just like shaking his head, like, God, God. <laughs> what the fuck have I done? I just think maybe he used up all the good ones. Like, you're like, he sent out teams of five and they've all like died. We're like the third or fourth. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah, the 16th group. Just like, these guys got it. There's going to be a moment where you're like pulling out the coin from the fountain. This one's mine. <laughs> Reliving your Goonie moments <laughs> scene by scene. Um, <laughs> Ertleby? Uh, Erdlepi is going for the redemption here. She takes aim at Luzi McShadow Monster. <laughs> Alright, I got an 8 plus 4 plus 2. I got a 14. That's it. Yeah, Grandma. Alright, now I'm rolling for my, my 8. <laughs> and my other 8. Alright, and then it's plus dex. I swing, or I shoot for 13. Go, Grandma. Go, Grandma. Go, Grandma. Yes. <laughs> Redeemed. <laughs> it's your birthday again, and again, and again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's that uh, familiar crack of thunder, um, and a, a, a whole chunk of it rips off and gets pulled off by the bullet and kind of shatters and then falls into kind of that liquid, sickly goo. Um, Brummelstone? Um, well, I'm, I'm tired of dealing with magic. It doesn't seem to be working as much as I want it to. Also, I'm kind of out of spells. Uh, <laughs> so I pull out my Warhammer, my father's Warhammer, the classic uh, Hammer Storms, Hammer Storms Warhammer, and I'm just going to bash it in its face. Cause... All right, so you run forward and get Warhammer to bear. Go ahead and give me yeah. a roll. 20. Nice. Right. Then give me damage. Uh, nine. So what you notice is that when you do this, you, you come and you, you crash into it as hard as you think you possibly can. And where once it seemed like um, 
it was taking this kind of attack like any other. Um, now it seems like it's fortified itself against this, and you oh, don't no. feel like you're getting the uh, full effect of your attack. Oh. Bassa. Here we go again. <laughs> you can do I mean, it. I mean, I get it. Like my rapier is like a skinny blade. It's not like I'm swinging a paddle, which has more surface area. <laughs> so you know, it's a little hard. But here I go. I'm just like really frustrated, and I just make a swing, and I get a twelve, which plus six makes it eighteen. That is a nice. very clear hit. Yep. All right. Yeah. So thrown off balance. It's wide open, and you stab right through it. All right, and now I'm going to roll for damage, which is a d8. And boop, 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 boop. It's a 7, which plus 4 makes a math. 11. 11. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like an audience participation. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you charge for it, and you, the same thing, where once it was just super easy to, like, once you actually connect with it, it was, like, just tearing through cloth, uh, you find a resistance you weren't ready for. You still deal damage, but you're not getting the full effect of what you did. Um, it seems to really have fortified itself against you. Um, Roberto. Fortified against us? Hmm. Yeah, both, both of those melee attacks seem to not really punch through it like they wanted to. It's weird. Is, it, is it wearing a tiny house? <laughs> I would like to use my record ball. <laughs> Dear God, it's a duplex. I'm gonna foreclose this bitch. We don't have the correct permits for this. Yeah. I uh, I can't really do anything else besides just stabity stab more. So uh, I got a twelve. Yeah, you, you almost come in contact with it, but it reshapes itself. New round, 10. All right, going for the gold. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you want me to add the Olympic music here? Yeah. I get a 16. That's it. All right, here we go. Okay, eight. Seven. <laughs> this thing's gonna be uh, real fucked up. <laughs> uh, it's at eighteen total damage. Oh, oh damn! Yeah. So, nice. uh, huge crack of thunder, and you watch as this one also just turns to glass and then shatters into goo and splatters all over. And, Headshot. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tompkins finally kind of comes out from underneath you. Yeah, where has my guy been? <laughs> he's, he's hiding the whole time. And uh, he looks around and he says, all right, quickly, let's go. And Oh, yeah, sure. Like, you know, we don't need to catch our breath or anything. Just like that. Like, no, let's just go. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome. Um, he takes you uh, where originally you guys seemed to be heading kind of a southwest. He suddenly starts taking you southeast. And he runs through a couple streets. You can hear... That chaos kind of growing and building, you can hear, uh, unfortunately, you can hear people uh, who are not as lucky as you, and that's, oh, that's kind of rough, um, <laughs> considering the rules, um, <laughs> who are, are falling victim, but Tompkins insists you got to keep coming, keep coming, and he takes you into a park, and he runs to a certain tree, and he says, quickly, climb inside, and he climbs up the tree. 
Oh. I climb inside the tree. Yeah, yeah I follow him. Okay. Yeah, got it. Got trustworthy. Do this all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so you all um, climb into the tree, and the you get about maybe 10, 15 feet up, and then even though you didn't see on the outside, this area is expansive, and inside is a beautiful, well-made, and well-kept treehouse. Um, it has one large floor. It, it uh, encompasses the entirety of the trunk. And he kind of um, opens up a hatch and crawls up it and brings you guys in. He goes, this is my favorite treehouse. We should be safe here for a little bit. There's crayon drawings in there. Um, anyone with a perception higher than a 14 would notice, though, that the the drawings are by different people. Um, this might not be just a place for one person. Huh. Um, it was for the other teams that were here before us. That didn't <laughs> work the A team, the B team, uh, yeah, the C yeah. team. Yeah. You noticed uh, the patches high fiving each other. <laughs> Almost there, one of them says, <laughs> "The bloody paw print." Um. There's like a like a blurred out lion at one point. And it's like. It could be someday a full-grown lion, but somebody yeah. has shared it. Like, so that <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, and he just takes a moment to sit down and catch his breath, and uh, the rest of you can catch your breath here if you'd like as well. Thanks for listening to another episode of World Walkers. You can find us at worldwalkerspodcast.com. You can also follow us over at Twitter at worldwalkerspod and Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwalkerspod. If you like the podcast and you want to help support it, head on over to patreon.com slash worldwalkers. We've got some good stuff over there, some rewards, some goals we're trying to work towards, and your support means that we can devote a lot more time to creating and publishing more episodes. Once again, I want to take a moment to thank our friends over at BattleBards, not just for the amazing support they've given us, but also for providing us with some of the audio that you heard today. Go take a look over at BattleBards.com. They have everything from sound effects and NPC dialogue to beautiful music that's going to bring your tabletop game to the next level. I also want to thank Sirenscape as well for some of the audio you heard in today's episode. You can check them out over at Sirenscape.com.